Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Perchance you happen to hear or see something back last year. That means (laughs) a month or so ago, but this actually went back into the fall. And it was concerning the United States Department of the Interior. And curiously enough, the United States Interior Department grounded its entire fleet of drones. Why would it do such a thing? Well, it took this extraordinary, drastic action due to perceived risks that these drones could be used, could be employed in the service of the communist Chinese military. Yes, the United States Interior Department happened to contract out (laughs) uh, the manufacture of its drones and or parts for its drones. Of course, didn't occur to anyone, anyone, that this could pose a risk. Isn't that extraordinary? I mean, here you're talking about more than 800 of these. The entire aerial drone fleet. And no person within this illustrious Interior Department happened to question this, raise a red flag, literally a red flag, about where these were coming from and whether it was possible that artificial intelligence could be used by the Chinese to the detriment of the United States of America. Well, finally it dawned on someone, some persons, and it made it up the chain of command. And so the entire fleet was grounded over concerns that these drones could be manipulated, could be used to commit espionage and cyber attacks on the United States of America. Your tax dollars hard at work here in the United States of America. What other fascinating things are going on? Now, mind you, of course, it's not like this would mean that anything like this could be used, this kind of technology and artificial intelligence could be used for other detrimental purposes, such as ruling the world, (laughs) you know, by a a one-world regime. No, no, no. That could never happen. The biggest problem with regard to the matter of a one-world regime is getting the various competing powers to agree to form one. But uh, that is in the works (laughs) as far as how that's, going to be brought about. 
But something else that should give pause to we the people is another instance of danger from, where else, communist bloody red China in the form of government-backed digital currencies. That's right, the communist Chinese regime is really on the forefront of this. And they are going to run out or deploy or spread across the Chinese globe their state-run digital currency. But they don't intend to stop with China. This is something they intend to take the world by storm with this. But again, it's only seeking peace and prosperity. That is all that the communist Chinese regime or any communist Chinese regime of past years or any communist regime of human history has ever desired is just peace and prosperity. The same as the Nazi Third Reich, the same as all fascist regimes, such as the Islamo-fascists, all they desire is to get along and to enjoy peace and prosperity. That is all. So we need not be concerned about this, about these coming digital currencies that will, in fact, do away with all hard currency No, it's just a coincidence. You know, this just dovetails with what is written in the Bible. It's strictly a coincidence. It's nothing more than that. Nothing that we should be alarmed by or take note of. Meanwhile, where else in the world are exciting things like this taking place? Well, how about, speaking of the Nazi Third Reich, how about Berlin, Germany? Oh, but my, 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 Germany, unified Germany now, not West Germany and East Germany, but unified Germany, really the, uh, the strength of the European Union, you could say, it's only, only seeking peace and prosperity. It is not a militarist state. At this time, it definitely is not. It is not a nuclear power. It does not have nuclear arms, nuclear weapons. So that's not what I'm referring to, per se. However, they are on the cusp. They are on the cutting edge of artificial intelligence technology, on development of artificial intelligence, along with the Chinese, the communist Chinese, and so forth, and it, Of course, it's a global phenomenon, certainly heavily researched and developed here in the United States of America and elsewhere around the globe, including Russia. But Berlin, Germany is the center of artificial intelligence research and development for all of Europe. Berlin, okay, not London, not Paris, not Rome. Berlin, Germany is the center for artificial intelligence research and development efforts. 
and it is known as Berlin Brandenburg, like the Brandenburg Gate. One-third of German companies are based in Berlin Brandenburg. of those that are focused on artificial intelligence, one-third of them. Now, that may not sound like a particularly large number, one-third of the artificial intelligence companies in Germany, but more than half of the top German corporations, you know, we hear, how, how often do we hear about the top 500 Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 or whatever companies. Well, this is more than half of the top German corporations. They happen to have innovation and digital units in Berlin. Or artificial intelligence research and development units in Berlin. And approximately one half also of German blockchain startups are based in Berlin. (laughs) Having to do with, again, digital currencies. Well, the German federal government, the beneficent, benevolent German federal government, intends to spend 3 billion euros or more on artificial intelligence research and development here in the next few years. And there are approximately 60 professors, university professors, teaching and conducting research on artificial intelligence subjects in Berlin and Brandenburg. So, Germany... (laughs) is at the front of the pack for all of Europe. Berlin-Brandenburg is the crown jewel there, and they are dominating Europe with regard to artificial intelligence. What dear old Brexit has to do with this and what significance there will be and so forth remains to be seen. But as far as concerning the strength of the European Union, But all of this vast technology, this cutting-edge technology, including pertaining to digital currencies, is out there for not just the best and the brightest to employ in important areas such as healthcare and what have you, but for the worst the darkest, to employ, to enslave, not just Germany, not just Europe, but the world, not just China or Russia, but the world. Speaking of Germany and the Nazi Third Reich, once upon a time long ago, The occult was at the heart of Nazism. There have been all manner of lies that have been spun, that have been told about supposed Christian links there with 
the Nazis. In point of fact, as many Christians were slaughtered as Jews, but as was true in the Soviet Union under dear old Uncle Joe Stalin. But the occult was incredibly intimately involved in the very DNA of Nazism, literally in the DNA. And one of the luminaries, who wasn't that at all, she was a copier, a follower, but she gained great prominence. Her name was Madame Helena Lavatsky. She was described as being a Russian adventuress and self-proclaimed telepath and, get this, spiritualist. Well, she lived back in the 19th century, the late 19th century. She was very active. And she partnered up with this movement in Germany known as Volkisch, the Volkisch Fringe, that engaged in sun worship, nudism, communal living, free love, rampant sexual license. What? In pre-Nazi Germany? Is that possible? (laughs) This sounds like you know, the 1960s and 70s in the United States of America. The free love and the Woodstocks and all of that. This was big in Germany, in pre-Nazi Germany. Along with vegetarianism and herbal healing and so forth. That's right, in pre-Nazi Germany. But... Dear old Madame Labatsky, she was an occultist, and she happened to come up with various, you could call them crazy, notions, but they were published and they were taken far and wide. So much so that by 1914, her teachings had spread throughout Germany and Austria and was embraced by this Volkisch fringe and by Heinrich Himmler and Adolf Hitler. They were caught up in this and they were entranced by it. Here in the United States of America currently, and elsewhere in the world, something quite similar is going on. And where is it big? <laughs> it's, it's big in so-called Christian circles. It's a so-called self-help movement known as the Enneagram, or I would prefer to refer to it as Enneagram, but Enneagram. And it is absolutely chock full of astrology. Astrology, the occult. 
but it's self-help. And it has been promoted by major Christian pastors, televangelists, and what have you. It's wildly popular among young people who profess to be Christians. It just says something about the strength of the Christian church in the United States of America. And here, perhaps, you saw the latest news concerning the presidential race 2020, various different uh, adjustments of the field, one of them having to do with none other than Marianne Williamson. That's right, Marianne Williamson, best-selling self-help spiritualist anti-Christian, but spiritualist, which is all important, that she has suspended her campaign, but she's staying in the race. I know. What does that mean? Well, this dear Marianne Williamson, hard left, hard left, proponent of induced abortion and of all of the extreme leftist agenda, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer movement, all of that, to the hilt, to the nines. Marianne Williamson, this best-selling self-help author. Poor woman having to suspend her presidential campaign. So who is this woman anyway? Well, 66 years young, and she spent two years, count them, two years at Pomona College in California. Two years. And then she went off on a spiritualist quest, studying comparative religions, world religions and philosophy, okay? Not Christian, the opposite, the antithesis. And she started writing, and she wrote a series of books, but you know what? She found an angel to help her. And you will find this to be the case every now and then with some tremendously successful person or other, That lo and behold, that some, and again I use the term angel, some angel has taken them under their wing. Hmm? Well, in this case, it was queen maker Oprah Winfrey. Yes, uh, that Oprah whom everyone loves. Well, at the time that Marianne Williamson began delivering lectures entitled A Course in Miracles. Not Christian, mind you, but A Course in Miracles. She caught the attention of Oprah Winfrey. It was brought to Oprah's attention. So Oprah, being the the queen maker that she is, she brought Marianne onto her program her television show, she featured 
Marianne's first book, A Return to Love. And shocker of shockers, it went on to become the fifth largest selling book in the country, the fifth biggest bestseller. Yes, that year. Well, Oprah, being the kind-hearted soul that she is, she chose to have Marianne on her program over and over and over and over. Multiple times throughout the years, she promoted this woman, promoted her teachings and promoted her books and promoted this woman. So much so that she wound up with five New York Times bestsellers, I believe. She published 11 other books, and of those, four became New York Times bestsellers, along with her first book, so that is five. But just just wonderful, outstanding, and enabled her to go on to run for president of the United States. Such is the power of influencers like Oprah Winfrey. Such is the problem with foolish people paying such inordinate heed to the likes of Oprah Winfrey. But now poor Marianne has suspended her campaign, but she's still running. So what is that? (laughs) But I mentioned the other day about this offer, if you will, challenge, throwing down the gauntlet, whatever you want to call it, or you could just say, you know, an offer was made by best-selling authors, another best-selling author, but a <laughs> a best-selling author that has been a best-selling author, you know, around the world and for decades now, Stephen King, and a fellow author, Don Winslow, they offered to contribute $200,000 to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital if the woman who is the White House press secretary would actually hold a press briefing. I know, it's like, well, why would they offer that for the White House press secretary to hold a press briefing? That just seems... Ridiculous. But it turns out that Stephanie Grisham, no relation to best-selling author John Grisham as far as I know, and Stephanie, no relation to Stephen King, even though they spell their names similarly, but she has not held a press briefing in all the time that she has been press secretary since she was appointed to fill the vacancy left by the resignation of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. A mother, wife and mother, and who served the Donald, the president, Donald Trump, extraordinarily faithfully and loyally and devotedly. And who was ripped up one side and down the other continually for years because of it. 
But Donald Trump started off, of course, with Sean Spicer as press secretary, who made some extraordinary, truly extraordinary statements, (laughs) such as that Hitler's Nazi Third Reich regime never used (laughs) chemical warfare. Ah, yes, uh, Bashar al-Assad of Syria had, but Hitler and his Third Reich, as evil as they were, they never used chemical warfare. Really? Well, tell that to the families of all of the millions of Jews that were gassed by the Nazis. But (laughs) that was Sean Spicer. Fortunately, the president finally got around to replacing Sean Spicer. Removing him, replacing him, or accepting his resignation, whatever the case was, finally got somebody in there as press secretary who was fit to be press secretary, and that was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who then resigned here last year, and Stephanie Grisham was appointed. And she has not held a press briefing. Now, this offer by Stephen King and Don Winslow, you know, to draw her out, draw her into holding a press briefing, I think was really, you know, <laughs> uh, interesting. But honestly, it's fine with me if there are no press briefings from the White House. I just hate that all of this taxpayer money is being handed over to this woman as press secretary who is serving in who knows what kind of functions there, capacities, as perhaps under-communications director or something. But given the kinds of things that she has said (laughs) without being in front of the press corps, (laughs) it would be a good thing to keep her off of the, uh, away from the podium, as far as I'm concerned. But... Speaking of best-selling author Stephen King, I've mentioned before about this. Ah, before I go further, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is good, right, true in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me, that is on me. But, as I've mentioned before, that there is, there are many terrible things that are rampant here in the United States of America. But one of them is bloodlust. And I've spoken with women in the past recommending, (laughs) trying to recommend wonderful, wonderful stories to them for them to read. And I have encountered... Women who seem like, seem to be nice people and who tell me that they love horror stories. Now, that may not sound bad (laughs) to you, but I see a problem there. (laughs) When the good people, the good folks out there are enamored with 
bloodlust entertainment like that. We're not talking about, or rather, I'm not talking about action-adventure, which any number of celebrities make a great to-do about, oh, all the shooting and action-adventure. I'm talking about sadistic, torturous, torment, slaughter of typically young women taken captive, held captive. I have a real problem with that as far as that serving as entertainment. The idea that people can ingest that, (laughs) not once, not twice, but a steady diet of that and not be influenced by it, if not caused to commit crimes, as crimes that they never would have, how about individuals that would have and that are inflamed to do so, that are encouraged to do so, (laughs) so forth, right? That, you know, you hear about the copycat crimes when some terrible mass murder is committed, And then you hear tell of authorities being concerned about copycat crimes and so forth. How about with regard to this? How could there not be some correlation? Well, Bloodlust USA and the Bloodlust world throughout this world but very notably here in the United States of America, horror is the most profitable genre for producers, for movie producers. Horror is the single most profitable genre. It is stated here, there, and the other place that there is a large audience who will go to see any new horror movie that comes out at the theaters, let alone DVD services and then streaming services and what have you. A large audience who will go see any new movie that happens to be a horror movie. Not to mention how many times they may choose to watch their favorites. But Stephen King is famous for his horror novels. He has written in other genres as well, and he has used a pseudonym or two to that end. But, and is a gifted writer, an extremely accomplished writer. But this matter of this bloodlust... troubles me greatly. I've mentioned before about snuff films, so-called, where girls are raped, tortured, and murdered actually factually. So it is more like a documentary, if you will, rather than something else. Not fiction, fact. And I remember once upon a time long ago, back before he came to be associated with other things, 
a certain famous, famous Harvard law professor, Alan Dershowitz. I saw him interviewed, and so I am paraphrasing very badly here, but he stated that he would defend the right of a movie theater owner to show snuff films. Not He wasn't referring to the actual production of these monstrous, hellish, evil torture murders, rape torture murders. No, but he would defend theater owners showing them. I can't remember what the what the high and mighty convoluted thinking was. But to him, it had to do with freedom of speech, freedom of expression, you know, not freedom to kidnap, rape, torture, murder, all of that, or to seduce, rape, torture, murder, but instead the showing of these monstrous evil things. Alan Dershowitz, who, you know, he's gone on to enjoy great, fame, fortune, success since then, but he was famous then. This was a long time ago. I don't know if he still believes or espouses what he did then. Probably not, but that does stick in my crawl. I do recall that in particular, and I did take note of it in years past. The United States of America is pervaded by all manner of evil influences. Once upon a time, long ago, when I started broadcasting a radio program called, at that time, it was called Blessings Money Cannot Buy. And it was nothing like this program. It was intended to be inspirational, and I even played beautiful music, beautiful Christian music, but I was, it was just a sharing program, and I'm going to get around to doing a program like that, basically that program again, but minus the music, but I was in a place in a public access place, <laughs> broadcast facility. And there was a television program that was produced. The title of it, the name of it, I'm not, <laughs> it's not coming to me. It probably will, but it's not at the moment. But it was produced by an attractive young woman. African-American, dare I say negress, is that, is that taboo? That's probably taboo. But lovely woman, and I talked with her about her program, which featured rap music, ghetto rap music, so-called. And it wasn't music. It was noise to commit rape, murder, and mayhem by. But 
I was disturbed by that, and I was disturbed that this young woman who really didn't come across as a bad person was engaged in that. But that was way back in the day, you know, back when, of course, it would be terribly, terribly unpopular to say anything negative about rap music, which I did, Uh, not on that program so much, but... uh, on a television program that I did at that time, which was titled After All Is Said and Done. But here I am currently in one part of the United States of America, all these years later. And I'm way back then I would hear, <laughs> I'd go into a store, I'm in a strip mall kind of a situation, I'd go into some store and someone's parked, if you will, with their rap music, with their windows down and blaring their rap so-called music out there, all profanity and all inciting rape, murder, riot, everything else. Just great. But of course, so it's just, that's not disturbing the peace, and that's not, <laughs> that's not encouraging violent crime. Heavens, no, no, that's just expression, artistic expression is all that is. Well, just... Here, a little bit ago, a few days before Christmas, I was at a grocery store, a nice grocery store, in a small town that would be described as blue-collar, and in a part of the country that experiences severe winter for half of the year, and there is great beauty Natural beauty, forests, lakes, rivers, mountains, so on and so forth. The wildlife galore. And a Mercedes-Benz E-Class, as far as I could make out, pulls in to the parking lot, goes around the parking lot, blaring ghetto rap, so-called music. Now, it was very cold, but... I'm guessing they had a window or two down and just blaring this obscene, murderous stuff. Meanwhile, here in this same town, blue collar, nice town, (laughs) I have heard young people, boys, grade school age, junior high school age, while out playing sports, yelling at the top of their lungs, profanity. Every other word is F this or F that. Every other word. While they're playing. And these are young. We're not talking about, or I'm not talking about, (laughs) high school students even, let alone older than that. But no, grade school and middle school, or grade school and junior high school age, just spewing this profanity. I wonder where they get that from. (laughs) But this nation is pervaded by this kind of defilement. It's pervaded by these evil influences.
one place in the Bible. It's just a verse. <laughs> it's just a verse. So take it for what you will. It says that evil communications corrupt good manners. Vile, wicked, evil communications influence people for the worse, detrimentally. Those who spew such things and those who hear such things. And then those who hear such things, you know, this can go viral. They spew such things and it just... (laughs) Snowballs from there. But it has evil effect. And this nation has been corrupted and defiled, most notably the inner cities. But the whole nation has been pervaded by this. The area I'm talking about, this blue-collar town, it is virtually all white. All right? This is... Not a part of the country where it's 50% black or 40 or 30 or something like that. As is the case in the deep south, much of the eastern seaboard, southwest and so forth. Certain areas where it is up to 50% or higher. And this is in a white place. I didn't come here because it was white. Came here for other reasons, but my point is this is everywhere. It's not (laughs) limited to inner city U.S. of A. It's everywhere in rural America, in white rural America. Small wonder that violent, vicious, ruthless, monstrous, murderous crime is present everywhere in this nation. Perhaps you heard or saw this particular attack that took place in Queens, New York, New York City. A 21-year-old man, 21, a youngin', Right? 21-year-old man attacked a little 92-year-old woman at night. Attacked her from behind, being the brave young man that he was. Attacked her from behind, struck her, knocked her down. Attempted to strangle her, raped her or attempted to rape her. Injuring her private parts. The woman died. Interestingly enough, he was very quickly identified. He was caught on surveillance video. He knocked her down on the sidewalk behind a parked car and attacked her. This woman... Maria Fuertes, who was known as the cat lady or grandma. And she would come out late at night and feed the stray animals. This sweet, dear, little old lady. And neighbors said she was an amazing woman. She took care of the entire neighborhood, not just the dogs and cats. One fellow said that this was upsetting 
because it was an old woman. I understand him feeling that way, but is that saying that it would not have been upsetting if this had been a girl, a preteen girl, a teenage girl, a young woman, a young mother, a mother, a woman in her 40s, a woman in her 50s or 60s or 70s? Would it have been less than upsetting if one of them had been attacked viciously, raped, murdered? She didn't die immediately. She died in the hospital, I believe. But would that have been less upsetting? Would it? Oh, well, this is just an isolated incident. Right, Just an isolated incident once in a blue moon, or is it? Hmm? Meanwhile, in neighboring Connecticut, in a commuter suburb of Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut, where many wealthy executives who commute into New York City live, finally, 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 belatedly, Fotis Dulos was arrested for the slaughter murder of his beautiful wife, Jennifer Farber Dulos. This fine fellow, he ambushed his wife at her house, attacked her, slaughtered her, disposed of her body, which... I believe, has yet to be discovered. 50-year-old woman, mother of five, very loving mother, and they were in the midst of a hotly contested divorce. And this fellow had received all kinds of money, millions and millions of dollars from this woman's husband over the years for his business enterprises. But... I mentioned this before. I reported on this, if you want to call this reporting, going back to May of 2019. But it took until now for the police to arrest him. Outstanding work. But guess what? He's under house arrest. He posted $6 million bond, and he's under house arrest for this monstrously vicious, sadistic murder of his wife and destruction of her body. He and his girlfriend, I believe, they ended up disposing of something like 40 bags of debris (laughs) after committing this along a stretch. I don't know, again, what has happened regarding her body, but it was just an unspeakably evil crime. And the police, they only recognized this as a missing persons case until (laughs) until 2020. But meanwhile... In Alabama, 
story caught my eye. This took place at the very, very, very end of December 2019. You know, just after Christmas, just days after Christmas. And police there, they rescued a woman who had been kidnapped by just a wonderful fellow. Yes, on a Sunday. And he had his industrial-like van equipped with a cage. You know, and the windows were covered. The only windows that were windows were in the very back and driver's side, passenger side. And the others were just were metal, not glass. But this fellow who kidnapped this woman, Sean Sanders of Los Angeles, has an extensive criminal history, including assault, kidnapping, and narcotics arrests. So why was he free to commit this crime? Well, he attacked this woman in the afternoon, kidnapped her at knife point, forced her into this van, and some people happened to see something of this and called it in. And a couple police units saw the van pass a church, and the driver of this van rammed another vehicle. And the police, they scrambled to try to stop it. It sped off, and they followed it in hot pursuit. And other police blocked the path of this vehicle. And it was then that police were able to see a female victim bleeding from her head, being held against the floorboards of this van. Well, this wonderful fellow, this suspect, he fought officers, he rammed a police vehicle and held this woman at knife point, barricaded in the rear of the van. So what took place? Perhaps you've seen the stories and you've heard my reference to them about this person or that person who was chased for fleeing a scene or something like that and is gunned down willy-nilly in the back by police. And then other cases where some monstrous destroyer is seen murdering people, slaughtering people, multiple people, and the police take them captive. Don't shoot them because that would just be wrong. So here, tactical units were called in. SWAT, tactical units breached the rear of the vehicle after police attempted to negotiate with the suspect. They breached the rear of the suspect's vehicle, They entered the vehicle, they rescued the victim, and they took the suspect into custody. The suspect who had kidnapped this woman to rape and murder her and was holding her at knife point and who did his level best 
to harm as many police as he could. The woman was taken to the hospital in stable condition. Two police officers were treated at the scene for injuries. But it's so good that, again, he was taken alive and he will be tried and, you know, if found guilty, sent to prison for a while. And it will cost taxpayers a fortune. What does that matter? It will cost them a fortune. While other people are allowed to die because it would not be financially responsible to keep them alive. This van was barricaded with a cage in the back, wire cages over the windows, blankets covering the inside, and the doors chained shut. But he didn't mean any harm. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can and should know now. Thank you.